Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. 1 Samuel chapter 17, so the story, let me have your attention if you will, the story of David and Goliath is arguably the most famous story in the world, even if you didn't go to Sunday school. Uh, It's not just a true story, it's a true event that really happened. I told you, were you with me last week, I told you that for every New Testament principle, there are, is an Old Testament picture. So for every New Testament principle, were you with me last Sunday, show of hands? Were you with me last Sunday? So for every, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you can read that in your own time. For every Old Testament principle, there, or pardon me, for every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament picture. So when we study the Old Testament... We are supposed to get pictures we're supposed to learn. The Old Testament stories are examples and intended to teach a specific lesson or a truth. So what's the truth? What's the lesson in David and Goliath? The story of David and Goliath is to teach us that our God is a great God. Somebody say amen. Amen. The story teaches us to have faith in God. The story teaches us that there is no giant-sized problem that God can't handle. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we learn that we're able to overcome the giants in our lives, no matter how big or no matter what pickle we find ourselves in. Y'all know that was good. No hate. You know that was good. Okay, so fine. All right, this is my last Sunday with a dad joke, okay? My last one, all right? Because it's just, it feels appropriate to do them now, okay? So listen, who is the greatest babysitter mentioned in the Bible? David, he rocked Goliath to a very deep sleep. One more. What did Goliath do after David slung a stone deep into his forehead? He Goliath down. Thank you, sweetie. Just haters. They're all haters. Okay, I forgot to give you this one like two weeks ago. Okay, so I have to give you the... I have to get them out. Calm down. Okay, listen. Who was the most wicked man in the Bible? Moses. He broke all Ten Commandments at once. All right, honey, where you at? Before we get into chapter 17, 
I want you to look at chapter 16. Okay, go with me to chapter 16. Everybody okay? Everybody say amen. All right, chapter 16, go with me really quickly. In verses 1 through 13, I'm going to just get you to peruse there. But God told, this is very important. God told Samuel to go to Jesse and take a horn of oil. Just kind of peruse in there. Verses 1 through 13. God doesn't tell Samuel what's happening, but Samuel is probably getting excited because he knows oil represents anointing. Write that down, Bible students. Oil represents anointing. Probably going to find a new king. Oh, look at verse 2 of chapter 16. Samuel said, God, if Saul hears about this, he will kill me. And God said, no worries. Take a heifer and invite Jesse to sacrifice with you. So Samuel went to Bethlehem, dragging his heifer. He invited Jesse and his sons to make an offering to the Lord together. Look at verse 5 of chapter 16. He sanctified Jesse's seven sons. Look at verse 10 through 11. All the boys are present and accounted for. They pass by one by one. Is he the one I'm supposed to anoint, Lord? Nope, not him, not him, not him either. Samuel, they got through all the seven boys, and Samuel said, Jesse, is that it? Is this all the boys? And Jesse said, well, there is one more, one more son, and he's out with the sheep. David comes in. He's around 10 to 15 years of age. The Bible tells us that David was ruddy. The word ruddy means wet red. It means red. Maybe he was sunburned from being out with the sheep, or maybe he just had like a red tone. Maybe he even had red hair. We're not very sure, but ruddy means red. Well, look at verse 12 of chapter 16. The Lord said, arise and anoint him, for this is the one. And verse 13, very important, Samuel anointed David. Can somebody read this with me? And the spirit of the Lord came upon, came upon David. So for David, give me your attention. The day started out like any other day. He got up and he brushed his teeth. He went out to the field to be with the stinky, smelly sheep. David probably had a PB&J sandwich for lunch. Hanging out with the sheep after lunch, he sat down and he wrote psalms. He started singing. Just another day for him. And then the horn of oil. He is anointed as king. The Jewish rabbis, listen close, they tell us, that when Samuel anointed David as king, he leaned over and whispered, thou art the king, the king of Israel. And you can imagine, remember his brothers are there. So you can imagine his brothers are saying, what'd he say? What'd he say? David probably said nothing. He didn't say nothing, just that I'm the king, but he didn't say nothing. I mean, no big deal. Now in chapter 16, I want you to look at verse 14, saints. The spirit of the Lord in verse 14, if you're looking at verse 14, chapter 16, say amen. The spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. So verse 13 and 14, saints, Bible students, what we have is a transfer of power from one kingdom to another. God takes it from Saul and transfers it to David. And note the effects of God's anointing moving to David from Saul. Saul is no longer empowered by the spirit of God for kingship. Not only does Saul not have power to be king, but God sent an evil, distressing spirit upon him. Now, keep in mind, Saul, Bible students, I know you know, 
Saul rebelled against the Lord. And that's why God removed his spirit and sent, notice, an evil God sent an evil spirit to torment him. The servants, if you look in verse 14 through, oh, I don't know, through 23, look at around verse 15, if you will. The servants with Saul, notice Saul was looking depressed and stressed and possessed. And they thought music would soothe, soothe the soul and he would feel better. And isn't that true? It's true. When, when, you, feel, when you feel sad, when you feel blue, when you feel depressed, Put on some praise music. Uh, somebody said better amen than that. Put on some worship music. Put on whatever you like. You like, you like Marvin Sapp, Hezekiah Walker, Jason Derulo. No, I, I'm sorry. My, my man. Don't. Don't put on, don't, don't put on Jay-Z. Somebody say amen. Don't put on Beyonce. And my goodness, don't put on Cardi B. Y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I'm going to leave you right there, okay? Uh-uh, you don't put on that. Somebody say amen. You need some praise music and some worship music. I do believe in the power of prayer. Somebody say amen. Play some music and get rid of that demonic distressing spirit. Well, that being said, we move to chapter 17, and we're looking at verse 1. Let's get to it. First Samuel chapter 17, saints, and we're looking at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and they were gathered at Sukkoth, which belongs to Judah, and they encamped between Sukkoth and Azekah in Ephes Damin. And Saul and the men of Israel, in verse 2, gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah. And they drew up in the battle array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on one mountain, stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley, watch it, between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines. And what was his name, saints? Uh-huh. From where, saints? Uh, I, I, I need y'all. I need y'all a little bit. I need a little more energy than that. What was his name, saints? From where, saints? Thank you. Whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze and he had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. And then he stood, and he cried out to the armies of Israel, this, 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 this champion did. He cried out to the armies of Israel, and he said, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard these words, y'all looking at it. When he heard all the words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly Afraid, saying, stop right there, give me your attention. We have two mountains, two armies, 
one army on each mountain. Both armies are getting themselves ready to fight. The Israelites are on one slope and they look across and they see Philistines. And between was a valley. In the valley was a ravine. The ravine was a wadi. A wadi, W-A-D-I, a wadi is a dry creek bed where David gets the five smooth stones. The wadi would soon be a bloody battlefield. Now, if you've been with us to Israel, you know that when we go to Israel, someday I think we'll be able to travel again. But when we go to Israel, we stop in the Valley of Elah. And it's one of the locations that we really love to go to. And we tell the story. We get our Bibles out and we read First Samuel chapter 17. We tell this story. And I love this um, location because it's a great place to collect rocks. I always tell you rocks make really great gifts because they're really cheap. <laughs> and I like nice cheap gifts. So we collect the rock. And you can always tell the Bible churches, the Bible teaching churches, you can always tell because they're the ones collecting rocks because they know the story in First Samuel chapter 17 here. So in verses 4 through 7, I want you to just peruse with me, is a description of Goliath and his, ar- and his armor and is the most in-depth description of a warrior's armor in the Bible. He had a bronze helmet. Notice that probably weighed, saints, about 25 pounds. He has a coat of mail made of bronze plates upon plates upon plates. This was attached to a leather backing. It looked like fish scales. You've probably seen it. The coat of mail weighed about 175 to 200 pounds. Bronze armor on his legs, they're like shin guards. Bronze javelin. The javelin was probably eight feet long that went down his back. He carried a spear. The spearhead weighed about 32 pounds. Goliath was covered in brass from head to toe. And it is interesting because watch this. As you read Goliath's armor, Compare Goliath's armor. Are you listening to me? Compare Goliath's armor to David's spiritual armor. David's armor was much better than Goliath's armor. Somebody say amen. Because Goliath had a bronze helmet. David had the helmet of salvation. Goliath had a coat of mail. David had a breastplate of righteousness. Goliath had a javelin. David had, did you guess? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Goliath had pieces of armor. David had the whole armor of God. Look at verse four in your Bibles. It tells us that there went out a champion. The original Hebrew for the word champion literally means one. Write this down. One who stands in the middle. A champion. One who stands in the middle. The idea is two armies would send out their best warrior. And instead of facing off with the armies, the best warrior would face off. The champion is the one who came out to stand in the middle. Now, when you think of champion Bible students, here it is. When we think of champion, we should think of Jesus. Say amen. First Timothy 2.5. For there is one God and what? One mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, the mediator or the champion for the Philistines is Goliath. The mediator or the champion for the Christian who stands in the middle 
is J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. Goliath, got your pen? Goliath means heap, obstacle, heap or obstacle. Goliath, his height is six cubics. Six cubics is nine feet, nine inches tall. Goliath is a big guy. Goliath, I think of Shaq on steroids. I think of a 10-foot Arnold. I think of a tree trunk. He was huge. Goliath is the biggest man that Israel has ever seen. Now watch this. Remember, we talked about when the children of Israel, Joshua, they came into the land of Canaan. Remember, there were giants in the land. And, 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 and some of those giants, they were called Ammonites and the Anakins. The Anakins specifically were from the city of Gath. Goliath is from the city of Gath. Some of the giants in Gath were 13, 14 feet. Remember I told you earlier, this is not just a story. These are real events. So some of the giants in Gath are 13, 14 feet tall. Goliath is only 9'9". Nine, nine. <laughs> only 9'9". Nine, nine. So Goliath is a small giant. If there's su- tell us such a small giant, right? And you got to wonder, I got to wonder what his voice was like. You know what I mean? When he comes out there, he thuds, boom, 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 because he's so big when he walks. And you got to wonder what his voice, his voice was probably deep and heavy. I don't think his voice was like Michael Jackson. He didn't come out, bring me your soldiers. He didn't do, I don't think it sounded like that. Somebody say, you're right about it, Pastor. I don't think so either. My sanctified imagination, I don't think that. I think he came out, he had this big, huge, confident voice that echoed. His voice was probably intimidating. And 2 Samuel, watch this, tells us that he had four brothers. Imagine feeding those boys. Imagine those boys in their terrible twos. Imagine that. Well, in 8 through 10, chapter 17, 8 through 10, Goliath said, just go ahead and look at there. Look, peruse with me. Goliath said, let's settle this in a civil manner. We can fight. If I kill your warrior, you'll be our servants. If we fight and you kill me, then we'll be your servants. Fair enough. Look at verse 11. It tells us when Saul and all of Israel heard this, they were afraid. And then in verses 12 through 24, we won't take time to read it. We meet the real, what I like to say, the real giant in the story. That's David. Jesse, David's father, had eight sons. He was advanced in years. I like that. Advanced in years. That's a nice way to say he was old. I like that term. We should be politically correct like that. You know what I mean? You're not old. You're advanced in years. It sounds nicer. Look at verse 13. Three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadad, and Shammah. These boys had gone to follow Saul. David was in the field. Notice that. I I note that this morning. They had gone to follow Saul. That's a very telling statement. The boys followed Saul. David, the youngest, was following the Lord. Well, after David anointed the king, 
was anointed king, he went back to keeping the sheep and playing his guitar for Saul as a part-time job. And I find it interesting, he didn't say, I'm the king now, I don't do sheep anymore. He didn't say that. Keeping sheep, watch this, was David's seminary. I'm going to let that rest. Keeping sheep, stinky, smelly, dirty, dumb sheep, was David's seminary. That's where David learned God. That's where David pondered God. That's where David fellowship with, are y'all listening to me? That's where David fellowship with God and came into this great knowledge of God. That's where David would sit out and, and, and under the stars and in, in Psalm 19 verses 1 through 3, 4, Psalm 19 says, he'd write, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech. Y'all come on, read this with me. And night unto night they reveal knowledge. There's no speech, nor language. Where their voice is not heard. Their line, come on, read this with me. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle for it. David said that as he would sit out and fellowship with God out in the field. David heard the voice of the Lord in the morning out in the field. David heard the voice of the Lord when he laid down. It was out with the sheep that David wrote all of these psalms that we read today. It was out in the field that David got a vertical relationship with God. Y'all ain't listening to me. Then he got a vertical relationship with God. It was out in the field alone where David developed a heart for the living God. If you're going to have a heart for God, somebody listen to me. If you're going to have a heart for God, you're going to have to spend time with God. Now, maybe not out in the field. Maybe so. Maybe out on your back porch. Maybe in your living room, in your quiet space, maybe in your car before you walk in the, the building in the morning. Y'all know what I used to work on Camp Pendleton? I used to go to work in the morning. I had to be there at 730. I'd get there. I'd get there early 7 o'clock. And I sit in my car from 7 to 7.29 because I had to be in there by 7.30. Took me about a minute to run in the door. And I read my Bible. And I will fellowship with God. You cannot listen to me. You cannot, sir, ma'am. You cannot have a relationship with God if you don't spend time with him. That's called fellowship. That's called communion. David had communion with the Lord. Read the Psalms. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, David would say, and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I was glad, David said, when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you peoples. Are you following me? That was a relationship. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto you. After I spend time with God, then I'll go do that. All of that. And that's just a smidgen. I like that word smidgen. Of the Psalms where David developed this Fellowship and relationship 
with the Lord out in the field. Well, look at verse, uh, look at verse uh, 17, 17 through 20. Got to get to it. Then Jesse, look at verse 17. You look at it. Say, I'm looking at it. Then Jesse said to his son, David, take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captain of their house, uh, to the captain of their thousands and see how your brothers are doing. See how they fare and bring back news to me. And so Saul in verse 19, and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley where saints of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And so David arose Early in the morning, he left the sheep with the sheep keeper and took the things and went as Jesse, his dad, had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.